0: Hello. This is Frank Falby. Uh, special presentations on candidates running for election, and today I have the great honor and privilege of having Andy Bassetti, current town councilor, uh, now a candidate for the state representative in the state house representing Franklin and Medway. Welcome to the program, Andy. Thank for having me, Frank. Andy, where did you grow up? Um.
1: We grew up in Franklin on Pond Street. Uh, we moved to Rentham briefly for about five years. Uh, then uh, I went to private school. And then um, I did two years at Dean College and got a degree in architecture and building construction management. From there, I went to University of Denver in Colorado. And then I came back to Franklin, bought my first home. Uh, the rest, I guess, is history. But I've lived in Franklin most of my life.
0: Um, so basically, you're, you're a Franklin... Uh fella. Uh, you, 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 you're you kind of a real uh, townie and, and have...
1: Uh, I'm a townie. Uh, my family goes back uh, in France to
0: 1911. To 1911. Right. Uh, and they immigrated from where?
1: Uh, southern Italy. My grandfather and my grandmother both came from a small town called Montvedonia. In fact, my cousin Douglas actually had the opportunity to go back there and even see the family crest. I wish you took a picture of it, but uh, uh, it's a nice, it's a very scenic little mountain town, and um, southern Southern town. And uh, he said it was lovely, and it was very idyllic. And, um, in your
0: in your growing up, this was really quite an Italian town for a large number of years, as you say, going back to the nineteen twenties uh, or the nineteen turn uh, of the. the previous century. Uh, How have you enjoyed uh, growing up and a lot of your neighbors coming from that part of uh, Italy?
1: Oh, it was great. I mean, there'd be days when um, we'd be sitting in the office and a lot of my father's friends would uh, come in and talk about, you know, the old country. My mother actually had a uh, an article uh, in, and I don't, I don't know if I'm dating myself, Frank, but maybe you and I can both put our heads together on this. It was a small newspaper in Franklin called the Sentinel. And my mother had uh, her own little column in there called, bon Attuti, which basically meant, uh, you know, have a great day for everybody. A good day, good day to, for everybody. And uh, she would have, she would talk Italian topics and uh, she would write, uh, to the most of the Italian, you know, most of the Italian community who still spoke Italian. In fact, on a, on a few occasions, uh, lawyers would contact my mom to do translations for transactions going on in Italy uh, with family members, and she would have to read the letters to the attorney or vice versa, uh, read the letters from the uh, the, the relatives in Italy to, so that they could understand what was going on in the, in the family estate. So, um, my mom stayed very connected with the Italian community, and uh, I, I tried it too. I do speak fluent Italian. My father worked for the State Department in my early, my, my early years, and uh, uh, we lived in Naples at the time, and um, I learned the language. I you just pick it up. I've gone to, in fact, Italy several times, and I, I can more than function with my, with my uh, working knowledge of uh, Italian. Did your father? Yeah, I actually lived in Rome for a while, too, so.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. You're quite an international uh, figure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Did Those your days father- are over. I'm stuck home now. Yeah. Did your father uh, work in the real estate business? My father started off um, when he, well, he
1: had a great career. Um, it's, the, it's the kind of career that you read about, Um He started off in World War II in the Navy, then he re-upped for the Korean uh, conflict. Uh, They made him a second lieutenant, and um, he was decorated twice deep for valor uh, Bronze Star. Um, From there, he had the option of going to continue working. uh, Actually, from there, he went into the State Department, where he met my mom in Naples. um, And uh, he also had an opportunity to go work uh, for the— Secret I don't think it was a secret service or the CIA, but he had his papers in for it. Uh, but my mom got too nervous about him being in such a high profile, potentially dangerous job, so he opted out of that. Uh, came to Franklin, started working for the Foxborough Company. Uh, I guess there was a downturn with the Foxborough Company, so he just started dabbling in real estate, and uh, he became quite successful at it, as you may gather. And uh, the rest is history. He wanted me to go into the State Department, and um, I was studying my law boards at the time, and I was in a a horrific car accident, which sidetracked me. But um, when I got out of the hospital, I too started dabbling in real estate and was rather successful at it at a very young age. And uh, um, the rest is like, I still do a lot of real estate, but it's mostly right now our business has evolved, as you know, into the appraisal uh, realm of it. We've been inundated with business, particularly because of the COVID. Uh, People are taking advantage of these low rates. We can barely keep up with the work. I sense there'll be more work as the COVID continues and foreclosures or or sales continue. Right now, sales are very strong. So the banks are after us for the work to do for purchases. But uh, once the foreclosures start, I mean, we're busy when it's bad and we're busy when it's good because they need us to establish values for foreclosures, and they need us to establish values for sales. So I just, picked, I just increased my staff by four, and uh, we are quite busy.
0: Andy, you're currently on the town council. Can you tell us a little about your uh, service to Franklin, your public service, and uh, how, how long have you uh, been on the town council?
1: This is my fourth term. As you know, I skipped a term. I didn't make the, the 17 election. Um, I think there were a couple of factors involved there. One of them, there was a tremendous amount of growth in Franklin. A couple of us counselors being in real estate, they, some of the town held us accountable for that, for that growth spurt. But um, in my last campaign, I basically promised my constituents that I would that I had taken another basic tack on the development of Franklin. I'm more for smart growth. I'm more for open space and limited growth. I know my real estate buddies want to string me up, but actually they don't because when you think about it, as far as supply and demand goes, if we glut the market with a lot of new construction, it'll drive the prices of existing existing real estate down. So I think people are enjoying the values that they're seeing now for their properties. the assessments are still relatively low. The tax rate in this town is unbelievable. When uh, I travel throughout the, the New England area to do my, my work, we've probably got one of the lowest tax rates I've seen in the local area—a fourteen fifty-one per thousand. It's, so the services that this town offers is unbelievable. Uh,
0: Andy, you—would uh, you have you always you always up to recently been a Democrat? Is that correct?
1: Um, I've I've bounced back and forth uh, from from the aisle, uh, depending on what the issues are. Uh, Most recently, um, being very active on Facebook, I've I've seen an emerging air of conservatism um, out there. And it's among young people, too. And the young people at work for me are extremely conservative, extremely Republican-minded. The Democrats just started going too far left for me. I didn't feel comfortable with, with a party with our, our goals and our ideas just didn't match anymore. Man.
0: Are there specific? I've
1: taken a rather conservative view on, on my politics. Um, and I, I see a new Republican party, uh, that's conservative old school values and, uh, getting back to basics. And that's kind of what I'm all about. Um, even as a Democrat, I was always a conser- I was a, a very fiscal conservative and, um, most of my views were conservative. There are, there are some issues I was went uh, along with uh, on the Democratic side, uh, but they weren't like horrible liberal issues. They aren't the issues that are being discussed now. Uh, the, the Republican Party reflects my values right now but, uh, better than the Democratic ones. I think you're going to see a lot of that, too. Um, you're going to see uh, people leaving the Democratic Party to either be independent or... I actually jump over to the Republican side.
0: You are currently a candidate for the state representative, representing Franklin and Medway. Uh, you are going to be a write-in candidate. Is that correct? That's correct, Frank. I was going to send an unfortunate set of events
1: that occurred when I, I was successful in obtaining 285 votes to make the, uh, the required 150 to be entered onto the ballot. Um There seemed to be a lot of confusion amongst the Republicans and the Democrats as to when you should file. I did file my candidacy papers on time at 3.47 p.m. Evidently, back in January, uh, last January, uh, the the handbook changed as far as when you had to file your uh, state ethics and financials. You usually had 13 days. And some of my committee felt we still had the 13 days uh, until I went online and saw that I only had till 5 o'clock that day, and I did not even receive my username and password to get online and register till 4 p.m., and it was the first time filling out that form for me, so I got it all done, but it was 40 questions and 17 sections, a lot of the questions were repetitive, and I missed it the 5 o'clock deadline by 4 minutes. Now under the circumstances we felt that the court would look favorably upon us regarding the missing 3,000 ballots still being counted till the following Tuesday. And technically you're not even supposed to file your candidacy until you know you are the candidate. There could have been another write-in candidate in those 3,000 ballots who could have beat me out for the Republican. There was a lot of confusion, and I'm willing to put it behind me now. I would have rather been on the ballot bona fide, but um, there's been thousands of elections that have been that have been won with writing ballots. It's not unheard of. Um, it would be more convenient for me, but I, I would I'm uh, going to go indeed. forward as a writer. Yes.
0: If someone wants to vote for you, and uh, uh, they either have a mail-in ballot now or they're intending to vote early. What is the technical thing that they have to do for, for, to write in your name for that to be considered a legitimate write-in person's vote? Uh,
1: uh, well, I'm glad you asked that question, Frank, because that actually came up during the hearing with the Attorney General's Office and Secretary of State Office. Because I was, my lawyer and I made the point that, you know, the write-in ballot is a tremendous amount of work. We, had, we made labels with the instructions on the labels the label has to, we thought, had to state name, middle initial, last name, address in town of Franklin. And if you've seen the ballot, there's just not a lot. I and mean, we made tiny little skinny ballots to stick on uh, labels. But straight out of the attorney general's mouth, he said, Mr. Basanti, that, that is not the case. You can simply write my name down, and if Andy Basanti, A.M. Basanti, Andrew Basanti, if, if, if it resembles my name or looks like my name, it's to be considered a valid vote. So all you need to do is go to the uh, write-in slot under Jeff Roy's name and write my name in and fill in the dot. The dot still has to be filled in. You can write it in by hand, and anything that looks like my name, I'm told, and this was told to me by the Attorney General's office at the trial, that that will be considered a vote as far as writing go. And I did verify that with uh, the new acting town clerk. We are doing flyers, and we will be doing uh, more detailed uh, announcements. But um, at this point in time, just just take a black pen and write my name in, uh, under uh, Representative for General Court uh, for the Park District 10.
0: Is that because you have actually uh, filed intent to be a candidate? My, I guess my question is, if I don't like any of the presidential candidates, and I want to write my name in to be president. Okay. Is 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 that, will that vote be counted yes. as, as my name for yes. president? Yes. So I just need to write my name. I don't need to say uh, Franklin Mass or 920 Pawn Street or anything like that.
1: That's my understanding from the attorney general. And he corrected me because I was trying to make the point, or my lawyer and I were trying to make the point that, it's an arduous process to make thousands of labels to hand out to people at the polls. And he said, no, you don't have to worry about that anymore because people can simply write your name in. Uh, okay. like your name, it sounds like your name, but, like your name you will be counted as your vote.
0: Let me ask this, uh, Andy. Uh, the Republican Town Committee and the Medway Town Committee have either one of them endorsed your candidate? I'm told
1: I'm being endorsed by Medway. I've met with them. I've spoken to them on the phone. Um, we had coffee a couple Sundays ago, but I still need to meet the head honchos. They, uh, they want to meet me, there was, and it's just been one thing after another. But we do plan on meeting. Um, they like me. texted me yesterday, and um, we will, uh, I, I think I will be endorsed by Medway. They are a rather conservative group. And they've been watching my Facebook and they've been watching my, uh, my actions. I, I, you know I led two rallies for the police. Um, I've done the standouts. They know how I feel on many of the issues and then uh, we're, we're very aligned on that.
0: The, um, you, you said you were always have been a conser- fiscal conservative. Uh, I'd like to ask you about there's a ballot question coming up called CPA, which will allow Franklin to access some money from the state, and it will also add a 2% of whatever your real estate tax is for the purpose, the dedicated purpose for not only capital expenses in acquiring a certain land or buildings or historic site, but also it would allow to pay operating expenses, take the... Uh, Little brick school, if it needs to be heated during the winter, it will, it will allow um, that money to go to that funding. Do you, are you going to be supporting the CPA uh, ballot question? Out of all the
1: uh, revenue issue type taxes, the CPA is the one I endorse the most. Um, I actually had attended a, a CPA meeting many years ago. It uh, uh, sounded like a great program then, but the council decided not to take advantage of it. Um, you have to understand something, Frank. The CPA is like Haley's Comet. It only comes around so often for us to take advantage of. And not only do, can we raise money through the revenues of uh, real estate, but we can also borrow against it. So even if we don't have enough money to buy 50 acres of open space, we can literally borrow against it. It's a great program. It's also can create affordable housing. It can buy open space. We can fix old buildings, revitalization of areas. I mean, the Community Preservation Act is probably one of the most most dynamic programs that I'm very, very enthused about uh, seeing past. And, um, you know, some, of other, some of the other ones I'm really on the fence with right now.
0: Can you kind of highlight what you consider highlights of your town council career and some of the things that you uh, supported. And first of all, were you ever uh, an officer of the town council?
1: Yes, I was, uh, I was the chairman of the EDC for four years. Uh, I'll say that again now. I was, I chaired the EDC, the economic development committee for four years. And uh, we got uh coal training, um, uh, technologies into town. We got them in with the TIF and they brought in, uh, they, 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 they leased a 200,000 square foot warehouse uh, und, under my chairmanship and they also employed quite a few Franklin people. Uh, they are definitely a success story in Franklin. I helped pass the uh, Alcohol Awareness Program uh, where it, it's now mandatory for managers and staff to be TIF certified and uh, service certified so that uh, the, uh, the, the potential of underage drinking uh, can be curtailed, anyway. So, I also most homeless uh, most recently, as you know, I've been working, uh, trying to work with the homeless. The COVID kind of put a crunch on, me, but I think we were successful in most recently finding a uh, young woman and her family um, a house, uh, and she needed a three bedroom, which are very hard to come by, as you can imagine, but. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, she was located. She found a location of them. I haven't spoken to her since, but uh, that was a small miracle in itself. I, I work with uh, John Pekoski. I don't know if you follow him, his exploits, but he works very closely with the homeless. He was here on my back porch this last uh, couple weekends ago, and my family and I gave him a bunch of clothes for both the spring and the winter. The homelessness, um, and very close to you know, very close to my heart. I found out about homeless people in Franklin only by way of a fire a year ago and knowing two of the people that were actually living under a bridge for a while and they couch surfing or living in their cars. I mean, the plight of the homeless in Franklin isn't like you see in Boston. The homeless in Franklin sleep in their cars, they shower at the YMCA, or they live with friends, get up in the morning, go to work. It's almost like they're like functioning homeless people. But there are some actually camping out in the woods, and um, it's very sad. And I'm hoping um, we can find some more affordable housing. CPA program would be great to try and locate some old buildings that we can convert uh, into, if not even just warming centers in the winter to, to get them out of the cold. But uh, it's a great program for for the homeless. And of course,
0: uh, let me ask ask this, Andy. You said you were a fiscal conservative. Could you kind of define what you envision a fiscal conservative is?
1: Well, candidly, I see a lot of fat in our budget. I mean, I I just think the pay scales in Franklin for a town our size. I mean, we're paying like, I still consider us a middle of the road, mostly blue-collar town, and I just see some of the pay scales or some of the... Department heads are getting—they're um, off the chart. I mean, I won't name names, but um, I think we can really tighten up uh, with some of the uh, in- employees at um, the administrative uh, level and department head level. Um, there's also—I uh, mean, for the for the most part, I think we run a pretty tight ship. The uh, there are areas that I think we could trim the fat
0: what are the Republican issues that you are running on in, in this election? Do you have maybe one or two uh, re- Republican issues that, that you are uh, putting forward in your campaign?
1: Well, right, right now, um, like I initially started out by saying, I mean, there's like an emerging sense of conservatism in, in, in the area. I know it, it it's like a sleeping giant. I think they're just waking up now based as a re- almost in reaction to the liberalism and, and and seeing the Democrats going so far left. But I'm all about defending the police, not defunding the okay, police, protecting the police. Um, and I'm all about uh, keeping old school values in the town. I mean, there's... There's a lot of dissension in town right now. I'd like to see the community come back together. Um, and, uh, of course, the opioid crisis, in my mind, is still a looming spectrum out there. Um, and I don't know what we can do uh, other than if I could somehow get to a statehouse level where I'm making it more of a crime to be a drug dealer than it is now. Right now, if you if you speak to any of the detectives in Franklin, the level of frustration is, is through the roof. I mean, they catch these guys, um, and, and and I feel any drug dealer responsible for a death to me that should be either manslaughter or or, 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 or some sort of a uh, Crime along the lines of a uh, homicide one, homicide two, or negligent homicide, and uh, a lot of these guys, they, the drugs they deal that kill that kill a young person or kill anybody or or, or get, uh, create an, an overdose. Even when they're caught, they're out in four months, five months.
0: Andy, I saw you at the Safe House Coalition uh, with your uh, wife and family. Um, I, I gather you are a strong. Uh, supporter of uh, the safe house and, w- and the work they're doing in the general Franklin area?
1: I strongly support the safe coalition. I mean, I had a family member that got involved in drugs. And um, uh, you have to understand the collateral damage that it does to a family. It's not just the person that's suffering from the addiction. It's the whole family um, watching uh, the deterioration of a life. You just watch the person Fade away, they become another person. And the SAFE Coalition has been a a tower of strength for many of us, at least to just vent. Um, They can only do so much. There's only so many beds for these people suffering from addiction. And they've been a great help in locating beds for uh, people needing rehabilitation. And um, I think. Going forward, they'll be even more helpful. But um,
0: again, I hate to keep pointing. CPA funds could be available for that. The city of Boston, Andy, if you go to the Red Sox baseball games and you walk over that bridge that is over uh, the Mass Pike, it shows out how many children have been killed over the years by guns in the city of Boston. The city of Boston, there seems to be such gang violence in shooting that black, Hispanic, white, young children are simply being killed. As a state rep, what would be your solution to, in cities, to curb that uh, wanton killing of uh, young people? I don't have a crystal ball, Frank. I mean... I am a First
1: Amendment guy, and I am also a Second Amendment guy. So I would tell you the
0: legal gun owners out there are not the ones responsible for those deaths. Yeah, but what, what's your solution for the, for the problem that is existing? Well, I think neighborhood, it's all about community planning, okay? I think we, in,
1: in Boston, we, maybe you need some, We need again, getting back to the older values. Get some you know police on the street, get the boots on the street, get them in the neighborhood and these these officers will be able to know who's who who the bad guys are, who the good guys are, and you know that's how it used to be. They used to know when things were gonna happen. they used to know that you know watch out that you know those that that so those two gangs gotta be and they're gonna be look they're gonna be knocking heads over the next week or so and I think with more boots on the street, the police will have a better handle on what's going to happen in that neighborhood, what's going on in that neighborhood, who the good guys are, who the bad guys are. Right now, it's the bad guys that are doing all that. I mean, any licensed, certified gun holder. uh,
0: I'm not talking about guns, Andy. I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about guns. Even if there was some more gun control passed in Massachusetts, the problem would still exist of the killing of, of children in the city of Boston, Chicago, L.A., Brockton. Right. Uh, so whether whether you, you, you do something with guns, what I'm asking you is how would you as a state rep address this problem? I would probably
1: ask for more police support in the cities and in the boroughs and in the neighborhoods to help curtail these drive-by shootings which they're mostly drive-by shootings and that's how I feel you can help curtail this with more police in the neighborhoods surveilling walking the beat talking to people knowing the neighborhood knowing who, knowing who to talk to and whether they have informants whether they but I just think we need more boots on the ground in the city and, and, and have a better surveillance of these guys going around shooting a lot of those a, a lot of those shootings are ricochets or they're they're just drive-by shootings where they spray a house with an uzi i mean it's it's tragic it's horrible i understand what you're saying but we need maybe better intelligence in those neighborhoods so that we know when these things could or might or are brewing, or boiling. Um, that's if, like you know in, in, in L.A. That's what they would. That's what they were doing. But They had neighborhood task forces that would keep an eye on this sort of thing.
0: As as in Franklin, Andy, what do you see as something that you would financially, as a state rep, uh, try to help fund? Are there programs in Franklin or Medway that, as a state rep, you would specifically work in the state house uh, to make sure? this funding in the state budget? Well, I think I just
1: touched, I touched upon it earlier. I mean, uh, affordable housing in Franklin is, is is badly underfunded. They need inventory and they need to pick up more property uh, to afford, uh, to make affordable. It's not only to the, to the homeless, well, but to our younger generation. I mean, as you and I know, the average house in Franklin right now is hovering around four hundred twenty to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I know my kids won't be able to live in Franklin, or maybe they will uh, someday. And a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar house isn't what you think, Frank. That's probably a fixer-upper or something that was kind of given some paint and paper and, and, and given a you know given a little bit of a facelift. But the, the, the affordable affordable housing. Uh, uh, and I was talking to Lisa Odette about this. Because when I was working with the homeless, I asked, you know, people were offering, where do I, where do I send the checking? And she says, Andy, we don't want checks. Try to get us some more affordable housing, or just have them contact us, or try to find the affordable housing that we can buy, and then we can offer to young couples work the workforce in Franklin, and, and or establish some kind of a fund for for, for uh, housing for the homeless,
0: Andy. You're familiar that if a house is not listed but sold to someone that that uh, a, a hundred thousand or more below assessed value, that that house then is never considered as in in assessing the value of property. it, it is excluded uh, from. Is excluded by the real estate assessors from ever being assessed. Doesn't the law need to be changed in the sense that today so many homes are being sold only for the value of the land? And then they're either being torn down or they're being rehabbed. And those sales uh, happen privately. They they never are listed with, with brokers. And so you could be living in a house next door that was assessed for 300,000, sold for 200,000, and yet you could never use that sale as an argument to have your home value lowered, even though it's exactly the same house. Well, You make a good point, Frank, and I think um, in my last
1: interview, I think you and I discussed this. First of all, so the town of Franklin's assessing office does what they call a mass appraisal. okay? So it's sort of like they throw everything in a big bucket. All the ranches that sold in Franklin, all the cakes that sold in Franklin. And that's how, and I'm just, I'm simplifying this, but that's how they come up with some of their assessed values. They don't just count two or three houses that look like yours and then establish the assessed value. And as you and I have discussed before, the house flippers have really hurt the market in the sense that you just mentioned. They'll pay that two hundred or $250,000 for the ranch, and they'll tear it down simply for the use of the lot. Now there, you're going to see there's a low assessment because they just bought it to tear down. So that's going to hurt someone like, let's say it was the ranch next door to your house, okay, and let's say you're going for a refi, and an appraiser comes out, he looks at your house, he looks at the comparable data in the area, and whether it went through MLS or whether he finds it in public record, he's gonna see that the house next door stole for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Well, now that's gonna hurt you from the standpoint that yeah, but wait a minute, that guy just bought the house because he was gonna tear it down. Okay? And the assessors don't know that. So it still says if if it if it's still marked as an arm's length deal, then to the, they're gonna use it. They're gonna use that low that low value.
0: On unless they they will not use that unless it was first listed uh, with a broker, and it was publicly listed for sale. I don't if know. It was a private sale. You know, Andy, they will not consider it. But we'll, I'm, the
1: assessment. All right. So the, let, let,
0: let's change the subject and go on to something else. As a Republican, you're going to be expected to uh, follow the direction of the minority leader in the Senate on uh, on issues. Do you know? Uh, personally, the uh, minority leader of the Senate? I don't.
1: I don't. I just uh, I haven't had a lot of... I've been very busy just getting or, getting my campaign organized.
0: What... Andy, let me ask this. Are there any issues that, if, that uh, Republicans may hold that you would go against their wishes because you have strong feelings about the issue? I'm pretty
1: aligned with the Republican Party issues. Like I said, I am a First Amendment guy and I am a Second Amendment guy. Uh, I'm very aligned with the Republican Party on most of the issues. I really can't think off the top of my head what I would not be in favor of. The, uh, it, 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 the party has, like I'm trying to say, it's a new, it's, the Republicans are emerging as an, as a new, improved Republican Party. It's not your grandfather's Republican Party. OK, it's not just a bunch of rich guys sitting on their boats talking about how to make money. It's, they care. They care about the environment. They care about their town. They're very patriotic and they care about the police. They care about their soldiers and their veterans and they care about the homeless. Um, it's an, It's really a new
0: emerging party that I'm proud to be aligned with. Franklin has a very large uh, youth population, both numerically and percentage-wise, how do you see the education in Franklin, considering the cor- coronavirus effect in education and in uh, the ability to go to playgrounds? Do you have any thoughts about uh, in-school uh, curriculum uh, being taught over the internet, or should the kids be in school? What 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 is your uh, Outlook on on uh, education and uh, youth in Franklin.
1: I think the kids should be in school, Frank. I mean, they're being they're, part of the education process is also a socialization process. They, uh, Regrettably, though, and being in school right now means rubber gloves, plastic sheets, masks, um, sort of draconian conditions for learning. But I do applaud the teachers. They need to be protected, but. I think the kids need to be in school. I don't know how, I mean, I don't think I'm a dummy, but I, I and I know my topics, but I probably be a lousy teacher, okay? And I have to applaud many of the parents out here that are sitting down with their kids and working with them on their on their Zoomcast meetings or their Zoom classes. I'm raising two grandchildren, as you know, and um, we enrolled them in a private program. But uh, that just got to be too expensive. And um, I'm glad now they are going to school. The hybrid program, I think, can work. I really do. Um, I I know it's going to, and it's also going to be a relief to the parents, Frank. Parents that that
0: just can't stay home anymore. Andy, you know that the state budget uh, is projecting a significant shortfall. If the federal government doesn't come in to... um, Uh, supplement state budgets where would you propose to cut uh, expenses Uh, right now the state is only operating on continuing resolutions there is no final state budget what if cuts are going to be necessary where would you cut the current state budget well
1: Frank when I ran when I ran this last term I told people Difficult decisions are going to have to be. Regrettably, I, I alluded to this earlier, I, I, I think there's going to have to be some job cuts for one thing. I think we should be exploring a better health care program for Franklin, something maybe a little more economical. As far as cuts go, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know which of the... Well, I know,
0: I, I sense
1: what departments are thought heavy,
0: but... Um, I think I'm talking on a state level now. I'm talking on the state budget, not the town budget, okay. but the state budget. There was projected major oh, on the state level shortfalls. Two. If the federal government doesn't come in, what I'm asking you is, what state programs would you commit to cutting to balance that's the budget? Yeah, that's a tough question, Frank. Candidly,
1: it uh, is. <laughs> I, I mean, again, uh, if you want to draw the line out, maybe... We have to start looking at jobs on the state level and see where we can cut, cut some of the fat. Um, well, are you saying... I know the town's working on a bare bones budget right now. I don't know. I don't really know where the... There's there's always... I'm a businessman, and, and, and it, when I see fat in my budget, I cut it out. I cut back. I don't do things that we can't afford to do. So I think... The state has to act the same way. I mean, I've always felt government should be run as a business, and
0: they may have to talk about, see where their fat is in their budget. So you haven't had a chance to see where the fat is in the state budget at this I point? I have not. I have not. Like I said, uh, they, I, I sense it's, and I hate to
1: say this, I think it's probably in, 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 the, in the education area, and um, I don't want to see, I don't want to see municipality uh, municipality work workers cut. I don't want to see uh, the police and fire uh, cut, but because um, they are the backbone of our towns and our state, uh, education is. You know, like I said, I I, I sense that a lot of the pay scales at the state level might be there might be too high too. Um, that would be that would be something I have to sit down and research. Andy,
0: would you favor offering early retirement packages to state employees? Is that like they've done?
1: I I would probably be
0: in favor of that. Well, let me tell you, I think it doesn't work. (laughs) We've tried it so many times, and then we keep replacing the jobs. Well, I think, I, I don't think that type of, that type of, uh, Packaging, I think, just is trying to pull the wool over with someone's eyes. Do you believe in the state sales tax holiday? Do you think that's a good idea?
1: If it promotes sales, I I have no evidence of it promoting sales, Frank. But if it is if it is in fact promoting sales, then fine. Um, I really never really bought into the the marketing of it, but. Um,
0: It is, in fact, promoting sales for those days. -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 you're a small... The economy is a good thing. You're a small businessman. Mm -hmm. I always thought Republicans believed that businesses should fail or succeed on their own. That businesses, particularly large corporations and even small businesses, should not be getting direct financial help from either the state government Of the federal government, do you believe in that philosophy? Or do you believe no businesses should be getting the millions and millions of dollars and even small businesses direct money from the state and federal government?
1: I don't think they should. I don't, I mean, I, no one's ever helped helped me in my business. And I'm not sure if that is the across the board Republican view, but most of the people I speak to don't think it's right that, you know, like Chevrolet gets scaled out or a bank gets scaled out. Or a lot of us small businessmen, we, we, we just survive. We, we adjust, we cut back,
0: and we, you know, we, we cut the fat out of our budgets to keep going. Andy, currently, could you tell me what the law is in protecting police from being sued as individuals? Could you tell me what the current law says in that area?
1: Well, it was, re- it was allegedly refined so that they will still receive some protection. However, I don't think, candidly, I, I, I didn't like the idea of the insurance being even out there. Because in my opinion, and that's the, the insurance of being sued in, in the case of other shooting or something like that. I think that anything that makes a police officer hesitate for even that one tenth of a second is a dangerous thing. And if he's got to worry about in the back of his head that if I do this, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be supported or protected by my union or by my insurance, then that could be that could be a very detrimental thing to a police force and a police officer.
0: So, how would you, how would you write the law if if you were a person to draft protection for the police and yet at the same time recognize that they could be committing a crime how would you write that law I think I would write it in the sense that uh, first of
1: all we that our officers go through some more uh, training gets I mean if you speak to most officers they they'll tell you that the amount of training that they have in, these, in respect to these types of situations it, it is minimal. Um, I, I mean, if you read the papers, the way Franklin handled the standoff at uh, Spruce Pond this past weekend, was, held, was totally professional, uh, with very little calamity, and it, it was handled with restraint and compassion, and um, nobody got hurt. So, I think uh, if, we, if we continue with if we, if we adopt some more training for police officers, specifically for the kind of situations that have been getting the media, I think I would feel more comfortable lifting any any restrictions on insurance or union support, um, and just letting the police officers know that if you pass this training and you get into an incident and you have to kick a door down or you have to get into a unit or you, or you get into an altercation, you're not gonna be hung out to drive. I want the police to feel comfortable that they're not gonna be hung out to drive. How I would draft it and write it, I don't have the exact words right now. I don't have anything scripted, but that's how I feel a police officer should maintain his job or do his job is not having to worry in the back of his head. He's gonna lose his job, his insurance, and he's not gonna have support of the unit.
0: Andy, what's the question that I haven't asked you that you're just dying to talk about? Well, I'm very disappointed, candidly, in the whole ballot
1: issue that happened in Franklin. I thought the election was a fiasco. Um, Candidly, if I was Mr. Galvin at the State House, I would have allowed, uh, particularly in towns that had ballot issues, I would have allowed extensions for filings, and um, I would have held... Franklin, uh, out a little more accountable in the sense that, you know, you just don't go, go in that weekend and say, okay, let's, let's, let's take care of these $3,000 now. And oh, by the way, everything else proceeds as normal because that hurt a lot of candidates. And some would view that it was, was done on purpose. I don't, I'm not buying into that conspiracy. I, I think it was just a set of unfortunate circumstances, but it did affect me. I I would candidly rather be printed on the ballot, but uh, we are going to run a very strong write-in campaign, and uh, hopefully people will take advantage of the fact that they aren't going to need labels. They're not going to need to you know, write their name, middle name. Uh, they're not going to have to write my whole name. or I'm the to write Andrew, I'm sure, but they're not going to have to put their name and address, I mean, their their uh, the address and, and the town. Just fill in the, fill in the block, and it's really that simple right now. I, I, I do feel strongly about mail-in ballots. I, I feel strongly about why we don't show licenses at the polls. I mean, I went to go rent some tools at Home Depot the other day, and I had to show them the back of my license. Why aren't we doing that at the polls? I don't understand that. That would have prob- that probably would solve a lot of problems. But that's one of my pet peeves right there.
0: Well, oh, let me ask this, Andy. How can people get in touch with you or how how would you like people to uh, uh, follow your campaign, or if they want to help be part of your campaign?
1: I'm on Facebook. I'm very prominent on Facebook. Just look me up, Andrew Desanti. Um I, I didn't set up a separate. Uh, I, I don't believe in setting up a separate campaign page. I'm very candid. I have a thousand. I have over over 1,100 followers on my page alone. Um, I also uh, belong to Franklin Forum. I mean, I. There's never a time you can't reach me. My cell phone number is available anywhere and everywhere. And uh, if you call, I will answer. Uh, they pri- People private message me or email me every day. So uh, it's all out there. They need to get a hold of me. I will be very vocal over the next couple weeks on Facebook uh, regarding the campaign. And um, I'm not a hard guy to get a hold of. I have an office right in Franklin on the corner of. Uh, Chapman Street in 140, the old Russo building, which you may... Well, actually, you've been to my office, right? So, um, we've talked. So, uh, I'm not a hard guy to get a hold of. Anything you want to talk about, I'm willing to talk. And I'm very reachable. And I like talking to people, and I love people, and I love Franklin.
0: Well, let me tell people that they can uh, vote by mail, but they need to do it by October 24th and they can vote early at the uh, Franklin uh, Gymnasium, part of the Franklin High School, and they also can vote on election day, which is Tuesday, November what, Andy? Third. Third. Tuesday, November 3rd, the first Tuesday after the first Monday of November. Uh, And obviously, not only is this uh, an election, on a town basis for uh, a state uh, rep, which Andy is uh, running for, Uh, but it is also a state senator. It is also a a state uh, US senator and a US representative in Congress. And uh, there is uh, two choices for president between two old guys uh, that uh, that uh, think they're young enough uh, to be president. And there's also probably uncontested seats on the Norfolk uh, County end of commissioner, treasurer, sheriff, and uh, other issues. There are three ballot questions. Uh, Ballot one, Andy, yes or no? Ballot question number one, which is on auto repair, yes or no? I know the
1: mechanics want hands-off, but... Um, I think I'm a no. I,
0: if I recall the question correctly. Um, Can I, auto mechanics access data that that the manufacturers have stored in computer-like uh, things within the car?
1: I think they should be able to, yes. But, but I will tell you I know of mechanics that basically YouTube everything right now. So whether they need to go through the uh, manufacturers, software um, but having worked on my own cars you can YouTube just about any repair you want whether it's a factory set standards but um, I, I think local mechanics should be able to access uh, factory settings
0: Rank voting, question number two shall you have multiple choices if someone doesn't get fifty, a little over 50% of the ballot then you are voting for the number of candidates remaining and the lowest candidate gets knocked out. Uh, it's a very complicated system, Andy, but uh, yes or no on rank voting? No, you just said it yourself, Frank. It's just too complicated. I mean,
1: I have stood at the polls for 10 hours during the primary and a lot of you know, people struggle with the ballot as it is. I can't
0: imagine doing the rank voting, which is- just another layer of complication. And the final local one you've already answered and are a strong supporter of the CPA and voting yes on ballot question number three, which would allow the town of Franklin to be part of that program.
1: Right. And like I said, it's like Haley's comment: If we don't take advantage of it now, it may not come around for another, I don't know how many years. So uh, we missed out. A lot of the money was going to rent them or some other rebutting towns. I'd like to see Franklin get it get a slice of the pie and I mean, out of all the valley issues right now i'm i'm most excited about the cpa because i know it can do a lot of good for the town i mean uh, during the last election i heard we didn't have enough open space and we didn't we need more uh, open space and we want to preserve land rather than see it get developed to thousands or hundreds of apartments and this is a tool for us to take advantage of and once again i said we can also borrow against it too so
0: if elected as the state representative, will you? If elected as the state representative, will you still retain your seat on the town council?
1: Yes, I will. I I, uh, I believe I stated that. Um, I uh, you, you can you, you can have a one you can only have one paying job in government, as you know. Town council does not pay, and I would not want to put the town through another ten thousand dollar or twelve thousand uh, uh, dollar election uh, to, to replace me. So, um, I would stay on as a town counselor.
0: And your constituent services, you would be devote a lot of time to helping either the town of Medway or Franklin or people within the town realize government services?
1: Yes, I would. Yeah. And, um, I gotta tell you, Frank, out of the eight years I've been a town counselor, I have never been so busy. Um, the town council job has become, for many of us, and we, we speak amongst ourselves. It, the town's become very active, and we're and and politically, and we are
0: constantly fielding calls and talking to people and answering emails. That was never the case. Thank you, Andy Bassetti, running for uh, state rep. Uh, this is uh, Frank Falvey in a uh, uh, special election edition of Frank Presents. And if elected, I I hope we do this. Uh, On a fairly regular basis. So I look forward to it. I always enjoy talking to you. You know that. Thank you all uh, listeners, both from Andy and myself, and uh, hope uh, you make sure in one way or another your vote is counted. Thank you, Frank.